And welcome to Friday's edition of Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Uh, with me is Derek Fordyce, who's our electronic producer, Hazel Makazeni, our producer, and my name is Shadow Twala. Today we'll be speaking with Joanne Strauss, former Miss SA and Glambition presenter, who will deliver a 2013 Rachel's Angels annual lecture in Cape Town today. And later on, joining me in the studio will be South Africa's Ice Princess, Cecilia Skitter, who has set a new world record swimming for drug awareness. Otherwise, on SAFM. Hello, Joanne, and welcome. Thank you very much, Shadow. Good to be with you. How are you today? It's cold in Cape Town. It is cold weather in Cape Town. It's actually the perfect weather to be sitting down and actually adding the final touches to my guest um, lecture for tonight. So very, very excited about being part of Rachel's Angels. But listen, before we get to Rachel's Angels, I look at your schedule and I see all the things you do. Where do you find the time? You know, Shadow, I'm, I'm sure I could ask you the same thing. You know how they say, give a busy person something to do and they'll get it done? Yes. And I, I do feel it's, it's the more I do, the more I can do. And, and I've been so blessed with my career. I mean, when you were, when you were mentioning Miss South Africa, I mean, that's 13 years ago. <laughs> and it's quite crazy. Is it that it's, far back, eh? It is that far back. My goodness. But you've done well with that platform. I've been very blessed. Um, I, I think it's also, you know, um, I think it was Gary Pay or someone who said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. And so I could say that I've had a very lucky career, but I think it's, it's also, um, it's, it's been great for me because I've met a lot of amazing people along my way and I've really just been having fun with doing different projects all the time. Well, this is why you then get involved with, with uh, projects like Rachel's Angels. Can yes. you tell us, give us some background on them? Well, um, actually, Rachel Jaster, Professor Rachel Jaster, she was actually one of my economics lecturers when I was finishing my degree back at Stellenbosch University a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And quite interestingly, things come full circle. Um, The fact that she's actually now invited me back to be part of her Rachel's Angels, which is a mentorship program, which she does between Stellenbosch University and then also grade 11 and grade 12 learners from various schools throughout the Western Cape. So it's it's for me it's a big honor, um, especially since she is also part of Media 24. And if I think back to when I was 17, I heard a speech by Chris Becker of Media 24 at that mm-hmm. point in time, and um, he then was one of the angels along my way who also just you know helped me and had a helping word here and there if I needed one. So I do think mentorship and and basically being able to help those who are already helping themselves. I think that's a very, very important part of youth development in the country. Well, you say coming full circle, this lecture is happening just in your backyard, is it? In my herd, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shadow. It's actually happening quite close to where I grew up. In fact, a couple of hundred meters away from Austinville Blackheath, where my parents still live. Um, and so for me, it, it, it really is lovely because I'm going to be going back to my roots. And I'm quite excited because I stood where these, where these 16, 17-year-old um, learners are going to be. That's where I stood a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's great to also see somebody, or I hope it's great for them to see somebody from their own area. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to share some of my stories and just, you know, sort of say that really each one can do something, you know, if you, if you have the want and the drive. 
You've chosen the topic, Our Youth and the Quest for Excellence. Can you, can you tell us more about it? <laughs> chosen the topic is... Oh, given. Quite, no, 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 you are right, though. <laughs> that is the topic that they gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I actually, they, they just asked me for um, sort of a, a, a copy of my speech. And, and for me, when I speak, um, my slides, even though I'm looking, they're mostly pictures. And, and for me, the, the youth and the quest for excellence, the youth today is not the youth of 20 years ago. No, you know, it's not sure. the youth of back in 76. Each era has a different set of challenges. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, the quest for excellence is a very personal journey. Um, what one person defines as excellence is not necessarily what another defines as excellence. Sure. But I do think that as one, um, and, and you know this as well, Shadow, in, in the media industry, we do have a platform and we do have a chance to share our input mm-hmm. and to hopefully be of, of service to those in the community who might need somebody to just offer some kind of guidance. Mm-hmm. So... All I can do actually tonight is share my quest and my my sort of journey thus far um, and then hopefully just, you know, sort of address various things. I mean, for me, what, what I was also chatting to somebody about is there's sometimes there's a sense of entitlement amongst the youth. And, mm. and I get that, you know, things don't happen fast enough and people go, but, you know, this is what our forefathers fought for. Why are things not happening quickly enough? And for me, it's also one of those things that, um, and, and I'll say this tonight is, again, is opportunity dances with those already on the dance floor. So oh, that's you, very you, nice. I, I read it somewhere. I think it was actually Mark Twain, but I, I think it's so true. You know, for me, even now, I've got my online presenter search, um, presentersearch.com, and I'm taking four um, four people who want to learn about the media industry. I'm taking them to Reunion Island with Lyra and Paddy Malloy. And for me, people have to they have to upload their own auditions onto YouTube, and then I would review them and then invite them. Mm-hmm. So for me, if you're not putting in the effort, why should I do it for you? Fantastic. It's not my future; it's yours. Fantastic. And that's that's sort of my my message I want to bring across. You're in good company, though. How amazing is it for you to share the same platform where Trevor Manuel has, has spoken and Professor Jonathan Danson? Yes, I feel the pressure. <laughs> Shadow, I definitely feel the pressure. I actually tweeted last night and I said, wow, those are quite big shoes to fill. Exactly. But um, I think that's the great thing also is that they're very different speakers that they've invited. So in the end, um, I'm just going to bring the best that I can. Well, that's, that's the thing. You bring you. You know, you don't yes. need to bring anybody else, but you bring you to the dance Absolutely. floor. Absolutely. To the dance floor. Well, <laughs> who may attend this event? Is it open to the public? Well, they, they invite about 500 people each year. Last year they had about 480 people. Um, I don't know exactly if it's open to the public. I think it's mostly the participants that have been invited, so the grade 11 and 12 learners from the various participating schools, and then the, the senior students at Stellenbosch University. But I think there will be some members of the public who are also allowed in. So... I, I think it's going to be quite lovely to, to sort of have a bit of community interaction. People are also going to have a chance to ask me questions afterwards, which I always think is, is the fun part of these kind of um, guest lectures yes. because you can tell people as much as you think they want to know, but in the end they might have their own questions. So I'm always keen to hear what people say. Well, it, that's true, and it, the interaction is always important because, you, as you say, you, you talk to people and usually speakers leave 
and you think they've done this amazing thing and you know it hasn't helped whoever was in the audience so that that's that's the most important part of a lecture absolutely absolutely now can we get personal with you a bit um do, do. And, and <laughs> find out how you i asked you how you juggle time but what what's what's on the cards family wise I must be honest, I'm very broody. Um, every time I see people <laughs> with their babies, I'm sort of looking at them going, oh, I, can't, I can't wait. Um, no, I'm very broody. And the first compliment my husband ever paid me was that I have perfect childbearing hips. So um, he is a doctor. He is a doctor. So he was looking at it from a very sincere medical perspective. He would know, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, being a doctor. But also, you know, he wouldn't have married you otherwise. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've been married now for just over a year. We got married um, 31st of March last year. Mm-hmm. And um, he's working at Hurtiscale Hospital. So it's, it's, it's lovely. I mean, I think that's the other thing, you know, when we were speaking about the quest for excellence, you know, what, what do we define as success? Yeah. For me, I think the fact that I've married my, my best friend and a man who still gives me butterflies in my stomach every day. Oh, I that's think amazing. That's, I'm very blessed. Very blessed. So maybe next year, same time, we'll be talking We'll possibly. have a bit of a baby talk, maybe. Baby talk. <laughs> Well, we wish you all the best. We wish you all the best. And the Glambition continues? Glambition, yes. We finished season one, which has gone very successfully. We're actually now selling it internationally. Um, So um, the UK asked for it. um, So that's that's been great. And then also we're working on season two. Hey, you know, if you're asking baby questions, maybe Glambition part two must be for yummy (laughs) mummy. Well, all the best of that. Thank you so much and good luck today. And congratulations for a good job that you're doing. Thanks so much, Ed. I appreciate that. You take care. Thanks for the time. Bye. Bye. That was former Miss SA and Glambition presenter Joanne Strauss. And she's sounding all gorgeous and doing amazing work. You must see her schedule. I mean, she's she's involved in just about everything. I don't know where she finds the time. Soon we'll be joined in the studio. And I, I, did I give you our, our telephone number? 0892-102010. You may just want to call in and, and talk to us about whatever you is on your mind. But we, I, I get ladies into the studio to talk about what they're doing. It's still Women's Month, believe it or not. So we can't get them in fast enough or quick enough. And this is why we share the time that we have very jealously with women, and I'm very excited to be speaking with Cecilia Scutter, who's going to join me in the studio in a, in a bit. She's our ice princess, has has just uh, broken a world record, and of course for a serious cause, which is drug awareness. So we'll be speaking with her in a bit. From humble beginnings to international opera stardom, this August, the world-renowned South African soprano Pretty Yende is back home for a series of concerts. In the August issue of Classic Feel magazine, read a captivating interview with the opera star who graces the magazine's cover for the second time. For more exclusive interviews and the latest arts and culture news, get the August issue of Classic Feel magazine, available now at selected newsagents and bookshops. Here in Johannesburg, motorists queue to fill up Petrol their tanks. Price is set to increase by State says fuel price increase out the of dollar exchange rate soars to Rwanda Argentina. agrees to build two oil pipelines in the UAE. USA's biggest source of crude oil. The UAE claims oil prices are fair. In Britain, the petrol price hikes pushed inflation. The price of oil rose Tuesday as the market awaited all the oil prices bounced back close to a three-month high. Global economic recovery begins. FABC News, now on DSTV, Channel 404. All local, all global, all the time. 
You strike a woman, you strike a rock. This iconic phrase has come to represent an entire generation. When the chips were down and all hope was lost, when we couldn't even imagine a solution, you were strong enough to stand up and fight. Your courage is the building block of this nation. Your femininity, never a weakness, but always a secret strength. We thank you for the contribution you've made from the grassroots up. To the nation's pillars, we salute you, and SAFM wishes you a happy Women's Month. South Africa's Ice Princess, Cecilia Skitter, hello and welcome and congratulations for setting a new record, world record. Is it setting? Not breaking one, but setting. What does that mean? It means, um, well, obviously I'm a, I'm a pioneer. I would th- like to think myself as a pioneer in the, in the swimming or extreme swimming arena. Um, this will be basically the highest uh, mile swim done in ice water. And uh, no one has done that. Um, Lewis Pugh has done a very high swim, but not a mile swim mm-hmm. um, at high altitude. So this will be the first time someone has done that distance at high altitude in ice water. I am in awe. <laughs> I promise you. Firstly, I don't swim. <laughs> so, and, and now talking about swimming in cold water, and I see cold water at that. How? What do you have to do to prepare for this kind of thing? Um. It's definitely a mind of a matter thing. I would say almost 90% mind of a matter. And you can be a great swimmer mm-hmm. and not be able to handle the cold or open water for that matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I train outdoors all year round, um, usually without a swimming cap because 80% of... Uh, Training outdoors meaning what? You swim... Uh, outdoor pool all year round. Okay. And, uh, or ocean. And then uh, uh, and usually without a cap because 80% of your body heat goes through your head. So just to sort of put the challenge for the body there, hailstorms, rain, come, whatever. <laughs> Listen, I can't put my feet into our waters here, the sea, because yes. it, it feels like your marrow is going wrong, you know. It, it, <laughs> that's how cold it gets. And you've got your whole body capless in there. Yes. Um, uh, on an ice swim, obviously, I, I will wear a cap, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a big difference if you've been training without one. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I only use my Speedo Bather cap and goggles, no wetsuit or anything like that. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and you come out smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a, a smile of pain or a smile of joy or a smile of, oh, my God, I'm glad that's over now. Um, but people always laugh because uh, through the shivering and, you know, afterwards, I, I, I can still crack a smile in between all of it. <laughs> I that's think it's more relief. <laughs> but tell me about, you, about the kind of diet you would have to, is there a particular diet to assist you, assist your body? Well, um, these waters? generally, I mean, you can't be too skinny, um, you know, doing... Uh, extreme cold ice swimming so Mm -hmm. generally you try to put on a little bit of weight before for swim like that afterwards you can lose it again (laughs) thank god (laughs) but um yeah no uh, you definitely have to just eat healthy a lot of protein stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know um 
and, and, and a lot of exercise, but especially in cold water. That's the main thing is to acclimatize the body and get it used to that. Um, is the yeah. exercise only swimming or do, can you, do you need to do other exercise? No, I do like a, a Virgin Active land, le- land a program, gym program that I do at the gym. And um, it's just generally weights, uh, some cardio and so on. Um, which is just, you know, sort of tailor-made to the um, muscle groups that you'd be using in swimming and stuff like that. Which are? Your arms, your back, your core, which is very important. Um, Some legs, you know, just to balance it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally it will be your lats, uh, shoulders, back, chest, muscles, these kinds of things. This is a new world for me, you understand (laughs) that? So you must explain everything because yeah, you lats and what's lats? Lats are <laughs> uh, um, the muscles that you have just below your shoulders at the back, mm. you know, on the sides mm-hmm. of your body. But, you know, so if you want to look at the ribs, just behind the ribs or on the side of the ribs, if you want to call it that. So, that you know, when the, the guys have these broad backs, you know, that body build and oh, stuff, yeah. and they have these yeah. bulging muscles, not that I did, but they have these bulging muscles so that, on that the side. that V shape. Yes, that, that those kind of muscles happens. that give you that shape. Okay, so those are lats. Yeah. No, no, I'm getting it. I'm guessing it. But uh, why did you have to go to Lesotho? Because you went and, and did some swimming in Lesotho. Is the yes. temperature more or less um, what you would experience in, in your in your record-breaking or record-setting yeah. uh, waters? And um, Well, Lesotho, you know, Drakensberg um, is the highest mountain range in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So that was the first place I started because I wanted to have an altitude, uh, highest altitude in South Africa swim type mm-hmm. of thing. And Lesotho is the highest lying country in South Africa. So your highest peaks you find there. It's <laughs> yes. also very cold. And it's, yeah, so Afri Ski was, it, it took me quite a few months of research to find a dam to swim in. It was quite a, quite an expedition <laughs> of note. But I actually found this out from a, a well-known South African mountaineer who recommended Afri Ski, which I hadn't heard be- of before. I've never heard of it. Either. And they have some dams that they use to, to help uh, make snow. So they use these dams. You still have to have the alpine conditions mm. as you know they get snow in the evenings and stuff but they would need that nice powder because it's a ski resort that people want so mm-hmm. they use these machines and they use these dams to do that so they were very 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 accommodating to um to let us use the the dam and that's so. where you swim mm. but the whole thing though you're doing it for something very serious uh, you're bringing attention to drug awareness yes um can you tell us how you how you become involved in the drug awareness um uh, campaign? Well, I mean, my passion is to use my talent to change conditions around me and um, inspire people to, to change their own conditions, mm. whether it be in sport or in life, you know. Um, so basically, drug awareness is just something that's very close to my heart because it's, uh, it's also very rampant in the youth mm-hmm. sector and, and the, uh, you know, the sort of underdeveloped youth area, um, which I'm very active in in Dunoon and so on. Um, so and also, I've I've also been touched by it. I've had a family member that that was on drugs many many years ago, mm-hmm. and luckily came off it. And it's just it's it's something that can touch anyone, you know. And um, it really when I was doing uh, part of the prepping for swim like this, um, I did an ice bath at I and J in the in the waterfront, and they, it's basically this big. Um, a plastic container and you hope it doesn't smell of fish <laughs> luckily it didn't and it's massive and they fill this thing up with ice and are then, you kidding yes and then they add a little bit of water but most of it's ice and you get into this and um, usually it's only 10 minutes well only 10 minutes um, but they <laughs> made me sit in it for 12 and I didn't even know that it was past the 10 minute 
marker and they said well you were looking good we'll just make you sit there a little longer <laughs> and it's actually um the the one measurement of temperature we took was minus 0.3 degrees so that's like ice and but the funny thing is i asked the one one guy a lot of the workers were observing this thing and the one guy asked i said you must think i'm crazy or something and he says you know no no i think it's i think what you're doing it for is a great cause and it really touched me the way he said it, because mm. I could see there was something he had gone through in life or mm. some family member or there was something um, that was connecting to him with the goal that I, you know, the purpose of why I'm doing the swim. You touched a cord. Yes, and, and because of that, it touched something in me and I realized, you know what, you know, even if I can just get the awareness out there, if we can raise funds, great. Mm. But just the awareness of it and just and just getting people to really look at it, okay, this, this is an issue. And we need an effective program that can handle the issue. And this is why a knock-on is the program that I um, am sort of endorsing on the swim. And they do drug awareness nationally. And they have um, they also have rehabs, uh, drug rehabs as well. Are they in, in the whole of South Africa, yes. you say? Yeah. And how do they do? What, what does their program entail? Um, their, their program at... At the rehab sessions? Well, what they do is in the schools, they actually go to schools that do drug awareness or drug education in schools. Mm-hmm. Part of it is a moral code program called The Way to Happiness. And, um, you know, you can't address drugs without getting into moral code issues. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hand in hand. And um, so we start from the ground up and, and uh, Robert van der Face is the ED or ed- Executive Director of Narcan on Cape Town. And he's very dynamic with the kids. I've, I've observed quite a few of his talks with the kids, and I love him to bits. And he is actually a rehabilitated drug addict himself, so he, he can really connect. It usually takes one, too. Oh, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, I love I love this slogan. I think it's something like, life is better without drugs kind of thing, you know. And it, they really promote um, the joy and energy of life and how you can enjoy that without drugs because mm-hmm. a lot of people think oh, I need a drug even if it's just a painkiller or antidepressant you know that's a drug too I need a drug to kind of cope with life somebody was telling me yesterday because we, we've been having conversations about the youth and you know how one can help them mm. um, that the youth today has so many challenges they've mm. got so much coming at them and it's it's that which which makes them get into drugs yeah. because they're also easily available because their lives they confront with so much at the same time Mm. and you know the 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 challenges of 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 being a teenager into adulthood Mm. is not as easy because they look around them and there's there's just so much happening whereas during our times even though there were drugs but yeah it wasn't as easily accessible and we didn't have that many um challenges you know with with growing up Mm. so i'm wondering what what sort of um intervention should happen. I mean, kids, I think everywhere being told that drugs are bad for them, they they know this Mm. all the time, but they still end up using them. Yes. I think, um, I don't always think that it's, it's a parent issue as well. But I've also met great parents that have the problem with their, with their youth, and this mm-hmm. is like an anomaly. People are like, why? How? Mm-hmm. You know, they come from a great background. Why? Mm-hmm. And still, again, I think it really comes down to education and uh, moral code issues. And um, if we really can get to the foundation of, 
of why we shouldn't take drugs. I mean, kids know it's wrong, but they still do it. Mm. But uh, they don't actually really get what the effects of it is or the long-term, long-term. effects. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that needs to be educated. And, and this is what, why Narconon is so great, is they, they get in there, they really give them the foundation of what's right, what's wrong. Some some kids have a gray, lot, gray area just from where they've grown up also. Mm. And um, then from there, going into, okay, what are the effects of drugs? You know, drugs can sit in your fatty tissues for years, even after you've been off drugs. Mm-hmm. And it just takes an exercise, a little bit of sweat, a little bit of something to break that fat down. And there you go. You get the drug back into your system and you get that feeling or that sort of high that you get. And then you actually crave to go back onto drugs again. And um, so there's a proper program, a rehabilitation program, which includes a sweat out program to actually help exchange the bad fats in your system with good fats and a lot of vitamins and stuff like that and you actually sweat out these drugs that are stored into the system. We're back talking to Cecilia after news headlines with Lulu Gabo. Otherwise, on SAFM. Welcome back and Cecilia Skitter, pioneer extreme swimmer who has set another record, uh, breaking the ice for drug awareness, is in the studio with me. And we're happy to take your call, 0892-102010. Cecilia, is there anything we can do as the public to help you with this message that you, you, you're sending out? Well, in, the, in particular with the drug awareness, they can definitely get in contact with Robert van der Face from Narconon. Mm-hmm. I can uh, um, give you his number. Um, at we'll the take the, the number show. at the end of the show, yes. And um, they can definitely get in contact with him. He always needs help. Um, if people want to get actively involved in their community in the area to do something or do a change, he's always willing to do peer leader training mm-hmm. and to actually set up groups so that people can help um, in the community to get their kids or um, adults off drugs. So it's like a um, a network type thing, mm-hmm. and um, he's he's always willing to do that. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think personally, if each of us start doing our own bit and, you know, kind of stop moaning about, oh, this is what's wrong with, with the country or this is what's wrong with the kids or mm. this is what's wrong and start finding out how we can actively do something to change things around us, then we would make a big change in, it would be like a ripple effect. Because we talk about schools and schools mm. are really having these programs that teach mm. kids about I think not enough happens within mm. communities because mm. we're often embarrassed yes. that uh, somebody in our family or our children yeah. are using any type of drug. So by hiding it, in fact, it exacerbates the problem yes. because then it becomes a little secret mm. between you know family members and, and not everybody else. So I think it is it is a good thing that you you say now you know we need to create community awareness with yes. regards to drugs. Yes, I think um, hiding the issue is not handling it, and we've been doing that long enough now, and it definitely has proven as something that's not effectively handling the issues that we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with drug awareness or, or drugs, um, it's not just the drug issue. It's things that come from the drug. We have crime. We have um, mm-hmm. rapes. We have all kinds of things that happen as a result of that. And I think if we get to the bottom of it, and this is, this is a community issue. Yes, it's a government thing, and we need funding and stuff like that. But we can do a lot without needing the money to do it. And I think um, women especially, being Women's Month as we know, I think women are passionate about change around them naturally. It comes as a natural thing for us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're nurturers, you know. 
And I think women should stand together and go, okay, that's it. That's enough now, you know. Um, start your own group. Start your own little league or your own um, community awareness thing in your area. You can do it from home and, and get the women together. And then start working and brainstorming on solutions of how to go about it. But there are effective programs, too, if you're not sure what to do, like Narcanon, for mm-hmm. instance, and um, get some ideas of how to go about it. But the thing is also, you know, when we talk drugs, people often think, oh, I'm not doing a drug if I'm abusing mm-hmm. my medication. Yes. Or if I have a drink. It's yes. not as terrible. So it's still legal. It's fine. Yes. And yet that's where the, the problem is as mm. well. You know, you don't have to be smoking weed or using heroin or using tech to, to start taking, uh, to start recognizing that there is a problem. Yeah, I think one of our high statistics is actually um, psych- psychotropic drugs, uh, antidepressants, that kind of thing is actually right up there mm. as, a, as, as one of the high statistics in, in drug addiction. And it's because it can be prescribed. It can be given. It's kind of, you know, it's easy for yourself to say it's kind of okay. But I think, um, you know, I can say now, yes, those guys that are on it or have an issue with it should start looking at, okay, no, there's something wrong here. But it's difficult because they've sort of hidden it or, or sort of sugar-coated it for a while. You don't it's accepted. See it. Yeah. And I think people that know rather of people that are using these drugs for a long-term thing should take the responsibility then to help them or work out a way to help them to get off it. You know, because mm-hmm. getting off an, on antidepressants on these issues, there's an underlying problem that's never been handled, and they just really mask those problems, you know. Where do these problems come from? There's <laughs> always an underlying problem, something that happened in your past. I mean, how, how, we, how come we're not dealing with those things? Right out, you know, yeah, yeah. as opposed to masking them in, in and, and padding them and self-medicating to kind of, uh, you know, lose them. Yeah. Because it's all about stigma and and yes. and, and uh, acceptance yes. and, and all of that. Eh? Yeah, I think it's lack of tools, really. And uh, again, a moral code issue, you know. I, I know I harp on on this, but it is something that basic. It really is that basic because if you look at old societies of time when they spent a lot of time at home with the family and the parents educated the kids, they didn't have those kind of issues. No. We didn't have psych drugs and stuff like that at that time at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's really getting back to the home and all community. Even if you don't have a family that can support you, then have friends. Surround yourself with friends and people you can trust and um, that care about your well-being and then work from there. And I think that's, that's the thing that needs to sort of be pushed um, around us. You know? Now tell me, what's next for you? Um, I am planning... Because you've done all these amazing <laughs> things. I mean, I look, I, I look at all your swimming and where it's taken you, yes. and, and I think you've got so much more that you, you're planning now. Yes. What, what's your plan? Well, um, my lips are a little bit zipped on, on <laughs> one big project that I'm working on, um, but I'm hoping that that will come through a global a global swim project. Uh, for now, the, for now, there's other swims that I'm working on in between as well. Um, it is some a really really long swim because <laughs> I'm actually a marathon swimmer. That's sort of Ooh. what I'm more passionate about: extra extra long swims of 30 k's or more. And um, so I'm hoping. Um, 
I'm looking for some dams to swim in <laughs> and I'm busy doing my research to find uh, some big dams to do um, like a, a new record on the longer swim, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, yeah, more drug awareness and more fundraising that can be done with that swim. Now, is swimming all you do? No, um, I'm a web designer by vocation. Oh, okay. So you do have a full-time job. Or yeah, a day job. A day, if you want to call it. A day job. So you don't just swim for life. Yes. Um, well, something has to be food on the table. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, the reason I do the internet-based work is it's, it's a little bit more flexible. Mm. And um, it's, it's You it's can tough. do it from anywhere. Yes, it's, it's tough when you work for yourself because you, you have to um, get your own clients, close your own clients, do the work mm. and all that at the same time. Mm. And 80% of what I do is community work. So this um, my income is what I do around it. Mm. And um, hopefully, as the swimming increases, I can get more and more sponsors, corporate sponsors, mm-hmm. and I can do that full-time mm-hmm. and do community work full-time, which is really where I want to get to. Well, I'm thinking you should be teaching what you're doing, which yes. is swimming and which is what you love doing most. Yes. Um, and encouraging more people to 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 be long-distance swimmers. Yes, definitely. So how about that? Well, I've done some of it. I've helped some youth and so on. Um, it's just... Um, you can't, unless you have a massive squad, you can't really expand to the level unless you start a massive school, that kind of a thing. How about, as part of the <laughs> drug rehabilitation, you learn to do long-distance swimming? That's a good idea, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Discipline, That's yes. part of the program, That's you know. Good, yeah. <laughs> that should sober any druggy out. I'm the sure. Cold, the cold swimming. Take your pick, drags or cold water? Yes. <laughs> Was definitely a mind of a matter thing. I definitely learned that out of it. <laughs> no, I think it could work. It could work very well. Well, I I, I love what you do. I I if I if I were brave enough, I'd learn how to swim to join you in cold waters. But I, one of those things that are not going to be on my bucket list, and I'll leave it to you because you are so good at it. And congratulations Thank you. for setting. And you probably you probably have to set a, a, a much bigger record. Yeah, I mean, I, I would also like to add, um, I mean, a lot of people think swimming is like a a, a, a loner type thing, uh, you know, because you're not in a team as such. Hmm. But I do, I would like to add that it does take a whole team on the backside to, to uh, behind the scenes to put something or pull something off like this. And I had my medic, Dr. Sean Gottschalk, there, because um, you have to have a backup medic mm-hmm. okay. um, that helps you through the recovery, which is actually the toughest part of, say, an ice swim. So the most dangerous part of an ice swim. I can imagine, yes. And then I had my water safety officer, Roxy Van Eyck, and, of course, the sponsors, you know, um, Speedo, Virgin Active, and then I also had um, uh, Wingfield Motors. So uh, it's, yeah. Like Your insurance must must be quite high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, high risk. Because we're high risk, because, <laughs> you know, if anything happens to you there. Yeah, it is rated as an extreme sport. So um, it's definitely up there with extreme... Um, you know, kind of vocations, if you want to call it that. Are you married? No. <laughs> I suppose I understand why. Well, yeah, I have a very busy schedule. Mm. So um, um, whoever the, the right person's going to be is going to have to kind of fall in place. Yeah, but <laughs> they also have a lump in their throat every time you go swimming. Yes, well, my mom stresses out big oh. time every time I do a swim. So, yeah, but uh, she's, she's getting easier. She's getting better at it every time. Like, practice makes perfect. <laughs> So when's your next swim? 
Um, I'm planning one in summer, which will be a marathon swim. Like I said, um, I'm in the process of researching um, dams that I would do them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I don't want them too hot because then you have a dehydration issue. I was going to ask, why summer when you actually... Well, it's, um, there are a lot of places. I mean, I do ocean swims, marathon swims in summer, even mm. though the ocean is colder actually in summer than in winter. Mm. But um, you want for um, something that's... I'm looking for some to do over two days, and, and like a non-stop swim. It will be an ultra, ultra marathon. So you don't want the water to be too cold because you're going to be in that water for more than 24 hours. And then uh, you don't want it to be too hot because you don't want to dehydrate either. With the distance. Have you done the Robin Island distance? Yeah. Um, the one swim I did was um, from Big Bay around Robin Island and back, which is a new record. There was a 23K swim. Mm-hmm. And um, then a little while back I did um, two new records, which was three times around Robin Island. Um, are there no sharks there? Mm-hmm. Well, there are. <laughs> you, you hope they're not you hungry. Are mad. <laughs> you hope they're not you hungry. You crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they've seen me a few times. I haven't seen them. <laughs> But uh, luckily they haven't been hungry, so <laughs> I hope they're well fed by the time they see me. <laughs> but usually you have a lot of other things on your mind, like blue bottles, um, jellyfish stings, and yeah, all kinds of things. Awful. Yeah, yeah. I had a very bad incident on my first ultra marathon, which is the 23k swim, and I like three quarters of the way, um, like. I think it's, it was probably 8Ks of that or 9Ks of that. I just had blue bottles that I had to swim through, which was, it's, I was told it's a unique thing. And I'm like, on my day, <laughs> I will have this happen. So I and are you wearing off. a full cosy? Just a normal bather. Uh, not like long leg things or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, just a full cosy, yeah. So your skin must be... Yeah, I had quite a few burns after that. The recovery was very interesting. <laughs> you have a death wish like no other, <laughs> swimming in those waters. Well, all the best to you, and I hope next time you come and visit again, and let's let's see what we can do, especially to to create more drug awareness, yeah. and hopefully speak to somebody from Narcanon. Mm. Um, but well done with the work that you do. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming in. Cool, it's a pleasure. You are so brave. <laughs> <laughs> all crazy. I don't all know. Brave or crazy. I think, I think they're, they're, they're kind of close. <laughs> brave and crazy is kind of... You know, people always say, oh, you're so brave. Or you crazy. so happy. Well, yeah. I mean, um, when, you, when you set a goal and you achieve it, it does create happiness, you know. And it's hard getting to those goals. And sometimes you fail and you have to get up and you have to move on. But, um, yeah, you just need to have the, um, the strength to kind of get up and push forward. And, and, yeah, I'm glad I overcame this challenge. Until the next one. <laughs> now we'll have the number for knocking on. Yeah, it's 083-653-8008, and that's Robert van der Feest. 083-653-8008, and it's knocking on. Cape Town. Cape Town, but they do exist all yeah, over. Nationally, yes. Do they have a website, you think? Um, I'm actually not sure. I think it is just knocking on. Uh, they can just Google it. I'm yeah, sure. Narcon, N-A-R-C-O-N-O-N. Exactly. And uh, his name is Robert Funder. Robert Funder. Faced. Faced. Yeah. Okay. Zero eight three six five three eight zero zero eight. If you want to know more about um, assisting or, or getting somebody getting drug education in schools and maybe getting somebody into rehab, it is a nice number to have and share it with your community. Thank you so much, Cecilia. My pleasure. You take care. Thanks. Um, we'll play some music now by Salif Keita. Mm-hmm. 
Favorite artist Salif Keita from Mali, and that song "Fall On." We've decided we'll play a bit of music, especially it's a Friday today. Now it's time for our children's program. <laughs> 